welcome to the becomenew.me podcast with John Ortberg. Passage to Wisdom, Episode 29, The Inner Ring. So I want to encourage you to pause for a moment and just reflect on this. Who are your friends? Who are the people that support you, encourage you, love you? Who would you like them to be? What do you want to do to bolster those friendships? Who influences you? Who would you like to influence you? Who do you want to become more like? And then who are the people whose admiration or applause you tend to see because they're not always the same? What's the group of people? What's the circle? Who are the achievers or the influencers or the Uh, People who seem to be on the inside where you find yourself thinking, if I could just be part of that group, if I could be accepted, desired, admired, praised by them, I would have arrived. Then I would be okay. Then I would be on the inside. And what do you do when you feel like you're on the outside? Because inevitably we will all feel deeply on the outside. Because there is an alienation inside of us that no human being or set of human beings can take away. And in fact, the desire to be on the inside of some particular little human community so that we can feel superior to those who are on the outside is one of the great temptations, one of the great inducers to do and be wrong in human life. Nobody has, I think, written about this more brilliantly than C.S. Lewis as we're walking together through Passage to Wisdom, looking at great thoughts from great minds. We're looking at his little book, The Screwtape Letters, written by an older demon. And this particular letter is really about friends and choice of friends and desire to be on the inside and dealing with being an outsider. It's very, very helpful and clarifying and sobering and humbling to me, and I think may be to you as well. My dear Wormwood, Uncle Screwtape writes, I was delighted to hear from Trip Tweez, another great little diabolical name, that your patient has made some very desirable new acquaintances, and that you seem to have used this event in a really promising manner. Do you know there are people that God desires for you to have as friends? And then there are people that dark forces would desire for you to have as friends. Who we have as friends makes an enormous difference in the trajectory of our lives and characters. Screwtape goes on. I desire that this middle-aged married couple who called him at his office are just the sort of people we want him to know. Rich, smart, superficially intellectual, and brightly skeptical about everything in the world. I gather they are even vaguely pacifist. This book was written during the Second World War. Not on moral grounds, but from an ingrained habit of belittling anything that concerns the great mass of their fellow human beings. This is excellent. And you seem to have made good use of all his social, sexual, and intellectual vanity. I got vanity. And it gets used like that. How about you? Tell me more, Screwtape goes on. Did he commit himself deeply? This is really fascinating uh, dynamics at play. Did he commit himself deeply to this group of friends? I don't mean in words. I don't mean, like you said, I promise I'll do whatever you want and think the way that you think and be the way that you are. There is a subtle play of looks and tones and laughs 
by which a mortal can imply that he is of the same party as those to whom he is speaking. That is the kind of betrayal, interesting word, that you should specially encourage. Because the man does not fully realize it himself. And by the time he does, you will have made withdrawal difficult. No doubt he must very soon realize his own faith is in direct opposition to the assumptions on which all the conversation of his new friends is based. I don't think that matters much, provided that you can persuade him to postpone any open acknowledgement of the fact, and this, with the aid of shame and pride and modesty and vanity, will be easy to do. As long as the postponement lasts, he will be in a false position. He will be silent when he ought to speak and laugh when he ought to be silent. He will assume, at first only by his manner, but presently by his words, all sorts of cynical and skeptical attitudes which are not really his. But if you play him well, they may become his. All mortals tend to turn into the thing they are pretending to be. All mortals tend to turn into the thing they are pretending to be. And this is the power that other people will have over us. One of the great essays that Lewis wrote, I think one of the great essays of the 20th century, is called The Inner Ring, and it's on precisely this same topic. He talks about how in every group, in every community, in every social entity, there are really two different systems at work. He starts with a passage out of Tolstoy, War and Peace, where there's a general and he's talking with two other people who are much lower than him in the official hierarchy, but the general has to wait to speak. The general is a little bit shy. The general is a little bit hesitant. And it becomes clear, Tolstoy writes, that really, even in the Russian army, there are two systems. There's the official written-down system that everybody knows. In that system, a general is always higher than a colonel. Colonel's always higher than a private. But then there is another system. It is unwritten. It is unnamed. Nobody ever votes on it or declares on it. But it's real. And it determines who is on the inside, who has influence, who is popular, who is listened to, who is desired, who is looked up to. And Tolstoy says it's very clear to any thoughtful person that it's this second system, this unofficial, unwritten system, that is the one that governs how our world works. And Lewis calls this the inner ring. Always in life, where people are gathered together, there is an inner ring. And the desire to be part of the inner ring is one of the mainsprings of human emotion. And Lewis says, perhaps there is no force that can so induce a good person to do bad things as the desire to be part of the inner ring. There is an inner ring where you work, if you work someplace. There'll be an um, organizational chart. That's the one that's official. That's the one that's written down. That's the one that's housed in human resources. And that will tell you who's the CEO and who are the executive vice presidents. And you can find pretty quickly where you are in that system. And there may be all kind of attempts to try to flatten it out. But then there's another system. It's a, uh, who do people look forward to being with? Who is popular? Who's on the inside? Who hears stuff? 
who has the leader's ear. That is the inner ring. We learn about that when we go to high school. And there's all kinds of language for that. Different groups, jocks and cheerleaders and socias and geeks and nerds. And the language for all those different group changes from year to year. Um, but the reality of it is something that we all learn. And the pain of not feeling on the inside when I want to feel on the inside is something that everybody learns and understands when they're in high school. Apparently, even birds have inner rings. And I don't know if you can hear, but there's a little bird chirping about being on the inside right now. Churches have inner rings. I remember a church one time where there were three rings and you could tell where people were by nicknames. People that were on the inside had a nickname. And in the next ring were people that didn't have a nickname themselves, but they knew the nicknames and used the nicknames for those on the inner ring. And then the third group, the outer ring, were people who neither had nicknames nor knew about them. And it can be a painful thing to feel on the outside. I was calling a friend last week and he was telling me that he had been working on a talk that he was going to be doing at a conference. And I felt a little twinge immediately because that's a recurring conference and I have always spoken at it before. Not anymore. And I had this, it wasn't huge, but just this twinge of, oh, I used to be on the inside and now I feel like being on the outside. And then the thought came that was very helpful. There is no barrier to my joyfully serving God today. Whatever is going on in my life, there is no barrier. And that in fact, I can, anybody can be on the inside of the only ring that matters. That is uh, the true inner ring, although perhaps that's not the best name for it. Uh, it is the circle of Trinitarian fellowship and love, Father, Son, and Spirit and all human inner rings that seek to exclude are merely parodies of the divine inner ring that always seeks to include. See, what makes human inner rings uh, desirable for the most part is their very exclusivity. And there must be people excluded in order for me to feel good about being on the inside. With the Trinity is the other way around. Jesus in his great prayer in John 17 prays to the Father, Father, may they be one as we are one, they in us. In other words, we're invited into the Trinitarian fellowship. And Jesus says when this happens, it is so that the world may know. Now, the world apart from God excludes and is built around rings after rings after rings of exclusion. But his desire is for the world to be included in the great circle of love. And that's where I want to be together with you. So let's build a community of friendship and inclusion and love. Thank God for your friends today. Invite anybody that you run into into a circle of love and connection with you from one moment to the next. We follow Jesus, the great outsider, the great misfit, the great reject, into the circle of unending love. That's where we live today. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. 
or invite a friend by sharing the link becomenew.me.